0: Edit that part out too
1: Dude, I, I need nothing from you Matthew um, <laughs> <laughs> like to some extent I get that like if if everybody is saying something is white, I want to say that it's black, just out of contrarianism. And so, yeah, when when the moral outrage of it of all of Twitter is going one way, like there is something in just being like, "Nope, it's the other thing. You're all wrong." <laughs> uh, which isn't always, you know. Yeah, sometimes people are right, but there's a a, a silent joy. <laughs>
0: It's for me it's narcissism. It's Yeah. I, I, I'm clearly so much smarter than everybody else. So if everyone is going one way, obviously mm-hmm. I have to go the other way. Yeah, yeah. Because all these people can't be right.
1: No, yeah, and, and, and there is some precedent that, that mob mentality and Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> it makes me uh it, it makes me wish that, that Jacob Goff was still on Twitter as much as yeah. he was in
1: the early days. He, Jacob Goff embodies that for sure. Yeah. The, it doesn't, (laughs) I'm going to take the opposite stance.
0: Yeah. I feel like he'd have some, he'd have some very off the wall takes on page Patterson.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I mean, clearly I appreciate that. That's the bedrock of a solid friendship.
0: Okay. So there's a billboard I pass. Mm hmm um probably eight to ten times a week mm. for an adult bookstore. Ooh. And this spicy. is spicy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this is uh Is it a stumbling block, Matthew? It's, it's an intellectual stumbling block because I'm very okay. confused by it. <laughs> Alright. And this is this is not like in some major metropolis. I live in the backwoods of Alabama and the exit that. the, the the bookstore is advertised on Mm -hmm. is also like kind of in the boonies like this there's just nothing else around
1: i mean that's how i picture all of alabama so just go go on (laughs) (laughs) it sounds right so far to me i'm I'm
0: fascinated by i'm fascinated by the what is what is an adult bookstore in 2018
1: like literally
0: what is that
1: I love I love that they're still holding on to to book, bookstore as the like this is where you go to get literature uh <laughs> exclusively for adults. Uh I mean is that like is that some holding on to some shred of propriety that like when your your wife is checking your bank account like <laughs> Oh, I was, I was buying books. You know how I love Tolstoy. Like I, that's that adult bookstore is a place where adults go to buy great books. It can Um, be
0: like a, like a, like like an antiquated, antiquated, like zoning law of like, Oh, you can open that up, but you have to, uh, you have to call it a bookstore.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a, fall into some category, but I mean, I I don't know. I not frequenting those. I, I, I don't know. I'm curious if there is actually a book section in there.
0: Like what literally what is on the shelves in an adult, but is it, is it just like a, like an empty room with a computer and there's a guy in there who will literally type in boobs into (laughs) Google and like hit enter. But if you don't know how to do that,
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what's yeah, currently what's the the need for it? I guess um there are are other things that can go along with
0: <laughs> it feels like oh, you're yeah. getting in some props. stuff now,
1: rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, Driscoll uh advocates for all these things, so that's that's really where my entire knowledge comes from is is <laughs> From his that chapter in his sex book.
0: Okay, but does Paige Patterson advocate for these things? That's what I need to know.
1: I I mean, I again know nothing about the man, but I'm going to go on a limb and say <laughs> uh, he's he's against it. Um,
0: I'm 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 just I'm trying to think like what would make somebody go into an adult bookstore? Mm-hmm. Just thinking like. See, it can't be books. It can't be magazines. Like up until Mm -hmm. a few years ago, you could say there may be like DVDs, but does anybody buy DVDs anymore? Like now, I'm just curious. Of like what? Well,
1: Blu-rays, right? (laughs) (laughs) Blu-rays. Talking about antiquated technology. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the purpose, and that might maybe it's just the The last holdout for all those societal contrarians the, the people that everybody else gets their adult books from if we're calling that in quotes what we're purchasing so from the internet
0: like volumes of like mildly dirty uh limericks in there
1: <laughs> I really hope I, yeah like're we're, we're painting this whole other picture it it is just dirty joke books this is all. Like the the Baptists have been outraged for decades about the prevalence of adult bookstores, and really, it's just just limerous.
0: like dirty joke books from like the nineteen thirties, like Groucho Marx right. style.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I I agree. I I don't know. I I'm trying to think. I have one. This this is not a holier than thou thing whatsoever because I'm I'm kind of with you. Like I just don't really see the point. Um, one time in my life, I have been in what would be classified as an adult bookstore, okay. and I was 19 maybe. And and uh, my roommate in college at my Southern Baptist college was getting married, <laughs> and so a bunch of us.
0: That's a great save, Rich.
1: Right from the school we're like we're gonna we have we're throwing a bachelor party we wanted to get them some some things and you know where else can you go Mm -hmm. but this this adult place and so none of us you know had been in one previously none of us knew exactly what to expect all of us were scandalized didn't know where to look refused to make eye contact with the the store clerk person (laughs) um and and yeah so there were some uh uh I, I would say primarily this the stock in there was like sex toys, if I had to say um, and maybe some like novelty lingerie uh, we bought all like male things, which was a, so a group of dudes coming in, you know clearly puritanical white bread <laughs> boys coming in and so we it was all it was all things to like dress up a man. <laughs> So For, Somehow
0: made it like more acceptable.
1: Um, I mean, I don't life. know what it did. It it was it was a bizarre bizarre experience. And so, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm revealing all, all sorts of things about myself. But uh, it was a it was a fish out of water experience. <laughs> and I'm I'm somewhat proud of the fact that you know one time. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, bizarre. I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> some of us were just born to be wild born to be wild yeah, born really to be mortified as a <laughs> yeah so anyway <laughs> um, no I, I think the the main thing what we were most pleased to find was um, like essentially finger puppets but not for your fingers uh, to, to dress up the the male anatomy <laughs> uh, so that's what we <laughs> presented <laughs> to our our bachelor friend about and I don't know I don't know how that how that played off in the <laughs> uh, the the marriage bedroom when i was i in... I like to think that he still uses them to this day, but
0: <laughs> when I was eighteen eighteen or nineteen uh my friend from high school and i we were we were similarly very sheltered and uh naive. We cooked up a plan that uh the way we would propose to our wives mm-hmm. would be to get boxer shorts and like sew a little pocket into the boxer shorts mm. so that we could keep like the little ring box Yeah in like the front of our boxer shorts.
1: And our So if you ever cross the line it would be a one marriage proposal.
0: <laughs> well no, like we had it all, all 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 planned out that the way we would do it is when we got ready we would say, I have something I'd like to show you I've been saving it for you for a long time. (laughs) And then like dramatically (laughs) reached down into our boxers and like imagining like the horror. Because, you know, we would, you know, it's not like we would be marrying somebody that was very worldly. They'd be sheltered. Right. We were. Yeah. They'd probably be horrified and terrified. And we would like Mm -hmm. dramatically reach down into our boxers and then like whip out the ring box. (laughs)
1: Elbows. Yes, yeah. And I, I'm picturing the rummaging, the dramatic <laughs> rummaging. is like shoving your hole, like down to your elbow <laughs> into your boxers.
0: And there are all sorts of like uh, lines of dialogue that we would work into this, like as we were reaching for the ring box of um, you know, this it's not it's not, not not very big, but I hope you like.
1: <laughs> I think it will make you very happy. <laughs> Uh,
0: <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not the size that counts. It's the thought that went into it. <laughs>
1: the thought that went into it. Oh, it's not. It's yeah. not
0: how big it is. It's the fact that I've never given this to another girl before. <laughs> the first one to ever see this.
1: That my Nana smuggled it out of Nazi Germany. <laughs>
0: I'd also like to say. I'm trying that, to think how far this. Oh, it went pretty far.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I
0: would. I would also like to say the two guys that that, that devised this plan. Mm-hmm. Um, he went on his first date, I think, at age nineteen, and I think I went mm-hmm. on my first date at like age twenty. So. Right. That, that that's just some much needed context there.
1: So well before you ever had even a potential romantic partner. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. <laughs>
0: good times in sheltered christianity
1: yeah good thing we're out of that man good thing
0: (laughs) yeah good thing i'm completely normal now (laughs) right and not repressed in any sort of way
1: no no repression complete normalcy yeah Mm -hmm.
0: all right so let's do a quick shout out to the supporters of fun sexy bible time thank you guys for supporting us on Patreon. Also, a shout-out to Andy Whitaker in his uh, Fun Sexy Bible Time mug that he is sipping right now. Mm. Calmly sipping out of his Fun Sexy Bible
1: Time mug. Uh, I mad respect for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, shout-out to Fun Sexy Bible Time listener Laura from Canada. I don't know her last name, and I don't know if she would want me to say it if I did know her last name.
1: Yeah, there's a an intrinsic... <laughs> anonymity that goes with being a patron of the show
0: just found out that they are uh, Laura and her husband are expecting congratulations yes looking in I think it's because they had sex I doubt that anyway they are uh, (laughs) I'll edit that part out came (laughs) off as really creepy for somebody that don't uh, literally don't know
1: I mean Uh, you're just stating the facts of life I guess (laughs) yes they're looking into
0: getting a fun, sexy Bible time onesie for their child.
1: Ooh, ooh. I'm glad it's for the child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you know, it goes back to your marriage proposal idea of somebody <laughs> coming out of, to their to their spouse with a fun, sexy Bible times onesie. <laughs> Been wanting to show you this for a long time. <laughs> I think we're ready.
0: You can. Uh... You can find you you can actually get a fun sexy Bible time onesie um uh, mm-hmm. in our shop at T Public.
1: Is that is that up now?
0: Yes, you can get onesies, you can get uh hoodies and mugs and T shirts. I'm not wearing my shirt right now, but I usually I generally record in my fun sexy bible time shirt.
1: I I love that. Um are you gonna start marketing uh adult intimates? <laughs>
0: That's well, um, it's, <laughs> I'll edit this part out. I'm thinking of what <laughs> I can use right now. I'll edit that silence out as, I, as okay. I contemplate. Which joke can I use here?
1: I wondered as I wandered. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: uh, I'll, just answer, uh, I'll just answer in the voice of Billy Graham.
1: The top of your dome.
0: I can find no Bible verses that speak ill of dildos. <laughs> I cannot find it. That's a, that's a source material right there.
1: That's source material. That is that is a vetted quote. I you remain
0: convinced that the Lord loves me no matter what sex toys I frequent within the bounds of my marriage. <sighs> you need me to edit that part out too?
1: I, I need nothing from you, Matthew. Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's that's for real. That's something Billy Graham said.
0: Uh, you know
1: that he's dead. You realize this is now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just what the mainstream media wants you to believe, Rich.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Big news. Big news.
0: All right, so should we launch this new segment that we're doing? God, we're so lame. We're doing segments. This is like a like a morning radio show on Christian radio. Hey guys, time for our new segment. Strange pet news.
1: Strange pet news. <laughs> yeah, um, no. I mean, segments. It's it's the way of it's the way of the world, Matthew. We have to. Did
0: you, you guys? To. I don't remember. I don't remember theology after dark having segments.
1: I genuinely have little to no recollection of what we did or didn't do on that show. Uh, yeah, I, I, it doesn't seem like it. I know that we, we tried to have a broad outline and every week, every time we recorded, it would be this frantic, we, we have to get an outline together. We would throw some ideas on paper and I would be in panic mode. And Jake would be like, let's just let's just start recording. We'll figure it out as we go along.
0: That's what I and remember. It, I
1: remember yeah. it just
0: being like free flowing.
1: Yeah, and then it never even if we had a solid outline, it never really followed it. So it was it was pretty amorph it was a it was a stream of consciousness. It was the the what uh Ken Kessie the uh no who's who's the who's the real the the vagabond uh nineteen sixties poet hobo uh i don't know never mind <laughs> <laughs> it was that everything i just said it was it was that
0: also there uh, there were like 5 to 6 times an episode i feel like jake would just go dude <laughs> dude
1: yeah and that was that was our segues we we had no <laughs> really solid segues it was just dude i thought of this and okay with, also, now dude, we're talking and, uh, about-
0: he goes, dude, ah, oh. <laughs> I remember him doing that a little bit, too.
1: No, little known fact, every moment of Theology After Dark was scripted. That was we <laughs> <laughs> zero improv. That's right. the magic of it, that it, we made it, we pulled it off. So,
0: Hey, uh, you're the spiritual forefather of Fun Sexy Bible Time. I mean,
1: yeah, what no, more? But-
0: what more do you need on your resume?
1: Without us, there would be no Matthew Pierce. That's not true. But no,
0: no fun, sexy Bible time, though. I mean, you guys
1: yeah, definitely set this yeah. up. So. That's true. And that it is our, our proudest crowning achievement.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that's true.
1: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> All right, new segment on fun, sexy Bible time. I don't know. I, we may continue this. I don't know. Part of this may depend on what kind of feedback we get, because I feel like our listeners can really give us some some really good submissions for this. Um, we can call this like Impossible Theology Problems or, mm-hmm. I don't know, we'll go with that. We'll go with that until we get a better name for it. Impossible Theology Problems. So Rich and I were talking about what are some of like the most genuinely confounding theology scenarios? Mm-hmm. Or maybe theology is the wrong word, but like Christian ethics scenarios
1: where you are just screwed either way so you have a presidential election (laughs) and one candidate (laughs) is qualified but is pro-choice and the other candidate is categorically unqualified (laughs) and amoral but (laughs) is apparently pro-life it's apparently pro-life uh yeah, no I that we're not going to answer that one. But <laughs> but you know the right answer and you messed it up. <laughs>
0: the, the, uh, the 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 best example, like the easiest example that like uh Christian schools will do in their ethics classes of all right, cl- the Nazis come to your door and they say, "Are you holding Jews in your attic?" And you've got an attic full of Jews. What do you tell them? What do you do? Do you lie?
1: uh citing Rahab the prostitute I (laughs)
0: quality reference there
1: there there is literally a biblical precedent for that although then it always goes back to was God does never condone Rahab's actions that she was acting immorally um she was a prostitute after, after all um yeah but uh no, and you don't you don't if it's if the question involves Nazis <laughs> it's always against the Nazi. Whatever the right answer is, it's it's the non Nazi answer.
0: And by the way, you know Rahab banged those spies. Oh she banged, Matthew. She banged them both. There's a zero percent chance she did not bang those spies.
1: But Joshua is as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You can. <laughs>
0: um, this is my hot take.
1: Dude. Hot take. Okay.
0: I will not back down from it. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. So the thing that we always tell me though is the issue of the greater good. You have to go to the greater good. And mm-hmm. sometimes the greater good involves lying just like in Ecclesiastes. There's a time for everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I'm not. King sure. Solomon, King Solomon was big on moral gray areas. So yeah.
0: I'm not sure you can apply Ecclesiastes three to everything. Mm-hmm. Then you get some weird stuff.
1: There's a time for meth. There's a time. for, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay, tracking so, so try- far. I think, I think I'm tracking so far. I'm going to withhold judgment for a moment.
0: All right. So let's, let's throw one out there. Let's throw one out. This is one of the best ones that I've heard. This is actually okay. true by the way. So a missionary goes into New Guinea to the, like some remote areas uh, where polygamy is still being practiced. Mm -hmm. And in a very rural area, uh, converts like an entire household to Christianity. So then you've got a man and his three wives Mm -hmm. and man has children with all three wives. So it's a very large family. They're all Christians now. Mm -hmm. What do you do? What do you do with the polygamy issue on the one Mm -hmm. hand? If you counsel him to get divorced from some or all, Of the women, there's not really a biblical precedent for that, if we're being strict about it, right? But also, if you just sort of say, "Well, you know, you got to stay with all these women now," you know, there's not really a biblical precedent for encouraging polygamy either.
1: But isn't there?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know according to the New Testament, he can't be an elder in the church because he has—he's not the Mm -hmm. husband of one wife
1: right right yeah he can't be an elder
0: so he's got that working against him already.
1: that would be interesting i mean we'll get back to that that quandary but so you okay you convert a village the whole village gets converted to christianity they're all polygamous, it's part of their culture but you can't have native pastors you, no, none of them could be ordained right because none of them are the husband it's got you got to like wait for a full generation to raise up and before you can like institute proper church government is that
0: (laughs) I listen Is this
1: you're in the right place I'm in the right place okay all right let's go back to the original question that that's more pressing so we have I mean yeah I, I think I can hear the argument of somebody saying that his original wife is his true wife which is kind of – so like in this situation with um, – what was it? It was Jacob and Leah and Rachel, mm-hmm. and he wanted to marry Rachel. Then he got stuck with Leah because he got tricked by his uncle into marrying the wrong one of his cousins.
0: Hey, by the <laughs> you way, know, poor Leah.
1: Basic biblical stuff. Yeah, poor Leah. But so, but the thing is, so God seems to acknowledge Leah as the true wife. Like he, God shows love and favoritism to Leah by giving her the child that becomes the great great grandfather of Christ. So, um, yeah, it's th- that's where I was going. So like, Leah would be—he's the the wife of his youth, the true wife. Um, and then Rachel, even though it's his preferred wife, is. And, you know, it's not tossed by the wayside, but, um, in, in biblical history gets a lesser, right? I mean, so that's, yeah, there's something I, to I that the, the, the
0: distinction you have to make sometimes is just because the Bible or just because it seems like God.
1: Yeah, there's so many of those things like Rahab that just, we don't hear God's opinion on it. It just happens. The Bible is reporting the news and these events happen in this, in this way, yeah. um, like, without a, a moral judgment.
0: Yeah. The, the absence of moral judgment does not necessarily mean that he was in favor of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, enough right. The argument that he permitted it for a time because it was, you know, if you're a woman, there's not a lot of options for survival. <laughs> apart right. From, yeah you know, being attached to a man that, you know, own possessions. Uh, this sounds horrible, but that's kind of the reality of the way it was back then.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, again, and that is not the, There, God does not want women to be oppressed and repressed. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the moral of the story. Um, and yeah, so within operating within the bounds of a patri- patriarch patriarch, patriarchal society that is the best alternative but it's not necessarily the right one yeah um, so it, it maybe using that standard what is what is the best alternative in in that society um, and I don't yeah I don't think throwing throwing the other wives out into the the street for this this recent convert is is the the morally appropriate action, right?
0: I think what they wound up doing, like in in real life, that this scenario is based on, I think they told him he could stay, he he had to keep supporting all of the wives and all of his children, obviously,
1: right? But, he but stop having intimate relationships with all but one woman, with, right? Yeah,
0: with the first one, and I just I cannot. I've turned that over in my head. I cannot imagine a way that that would ever work out
1: <laughs> yeah no well and then also you're you're condemning by allowing the marriage to stay legal or whatever legality means but you're condemning those other two wives to a life of celibacy mm-hmm. um, so
0: but then you know you just keep going back and forth on this because if you if you sort of grandfather them in and say, well, this happened before you were you became a Christian, which I guess you could make an argument there if, you know, because, you know, if somebody has been married and remarried three or four times and then becomes a Christian, you don't try to break up that marriage. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Grandfather that in and say, well, you know, stay with the one you're with now. Mm -hmm. Um, But then if you, in the polygamy example, if you do that, then I feel like that's going to cause problems too with like, you know, with your Christian witness to to non believers and and other people coming in of like, you know, well you you're against us, but you get to stay a polygamist with multiple wives. Like, how does that work?
1: Well, who are we kidding? Though, I mean the real the real problem because in that society it's all normal, it doesn't matter. But in it's going to be the the donors back at home who are supporting that missionary <laughs> who are going to be wildly offended. Um, I mean. If we're all, if we're being, if we're being honest about it, uh, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Speaking of the donors back home, there is no kind of desperate hope, like the desperate hope of being in like a sparsely attended Sunday night service when they bring the missionaries in and they do the Mm -hmm. slideshow and just hoping against hope that they somehow slipped some slides with like uncensored naked villagers (laughs) in there. I'm not talking about my now. I'm talking about myself, like circa 1988, when i was sitting there thinking, "Oh, please, like just let me see something."
1: Yeah, any anything, anything. I'll take some side boob.
0: Yeah, it would would never, it would never materialize. It would always just be some like fat shirtless, you know, fat shirtless islander guy. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, that's about as close as I'm going to get for the next 20 years.
1: The 20 yeah, no, but you always had National Geographic, so.
0: <laughs> yes, this is true. This is true. Speaking of some of my earliest sins.
1: Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Getting some, your audiobook of Song of Solomon going with some National Geographics.
0: Uh, I think I want to I hear like a Song of Solomon. Audiobook narrated by John Piper. I just feel like that's the thing that Christian Twitter needs is for John Piper to narrate Song of Solomon.
1: Are we certain that he hasn't already? Does he have an audio Bible? Does he have a.
0: I don't know. Uh, it seems
1: like he does. He has so much content. Yeah. I'm sure, just, I mean, by piecemeal, you could go through for the last hundred years of his sermons and pull out verse by verse the entirety of Song of Solomon.
0: I, I just I, I, I just love to hear the meltdowns on Christian Twitter. If if he narrated Song of Solomon, and...
1: is he taking liberties with the text, or is he is he reading it straightforward?
0: Uh, I feel like he'd probably stop and explain. He'd be like, "And I climbed the tree and took hold of the fruit, and by fruit I mean breath." <laughs>
1: Oh man, I was I was reading some Spurgeon uh, recently, and and he apparently took a very uh, vocal stance that anybody who is trying to to read sexuality into Song of Solomon is is a pervert, and <laughs> that that that's not what the text is implying. I it's was like, that is a a bold move,
0: Spurgeon, for you know, calling out carnality in someone else.
1: Yeah, but I mean even if you're taking, you know, well this is about the Lord and his people, I mean, it is overtly sexual.
0: Yeah.
1: Like even even like dismissing the metaphors, like it I don't know. It's hard that's a that's a hard stance to take, I think. I'm not sure I don't know. But then I, I do think there's extremes and I I don't know that I loved like the way the Driscoll took took some <laughs> liberties with it as well. So <laughs> Like there's there's a balance we're we're calling this is a plea for balance. And
0: Who would you like to hear narrate song of Solomon? I feel like we've talked about this on a podcast. Before.
1: This seems very familiar. I think I think we've it's it's an ever evergreen question though for it sure. It really is. Uh, I mean, so now I'm only thinking of of somebody with like the worst voice. So like you because so you you want something smooth like you want like a james earl jones you want somebody that's like helping you get in the mood uh along the way but at the same time uh i i think they're they're the contrarian side of me is like whatever takes you completely out of the mood like it's a it's a carrot top it's a somebody that uh whose voice you cannot stand um a a really high-pitched nasally like So you're, you're hearing the words and you're like, that sounds erotic, but, uh, I can't, it's, it can't, it's not doing it for me this time. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's some, there's a sick joy in that.
0: (laughs) Alex Jones, that's what you're
1: saying. (laughs) Alex Jones. Oh, your brows are like twin fawns. Did you see, I, it really made me think of you, but there was some guy that was going viral for a while on social media, but some guy like trolled Alex Jones hard and like used his own logic against him and like calls him out, like confronts him in public and calls him an imposter and a, um, a state actor and all these things. And he's like, prove to me that you're really Alex Jones, Alex, the real Alex Jones. I never would have said this and this and this. And like, he couldn't, he couldn't argue with himself. Like, (laughs) It was a it was a pretty big mind explosion. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> like
1: treating Alex Jones like Alex Jones treats everybody. Poor Alex. Yeah. Can't a break. Pretty pretty perfect. Uh, and I and I love that you have sympathy for the man. I love that yeah. It's honestly like your opinion has made me come around a little bit. I'm like, it's- okay.
0: So, you know, it's, I don't know. It's probably part of just my contrarianism of like, yeah. oh, everybody's dumping on Alex Jones now. Uh, I'm going to defend him then.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to make a paycheck, right? We're all just.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, it's kind of like what pulpit and pen, what we were talking about. Of, you know, sometimes you can just look at people and say, oh, OK, this in a twisted way. This is just entertainment. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, and that's, I think they, I think they even realize, um, what's the J.D. Hall? I think he, I think even in his heart of hearts, he knows that there's some just, I'm doing this for pure entertainment value, for shock. Mm-hmm. Um, he wouldn't call maybe it entertainment I'm a, though. No, he would call it discernment. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, let's see. Well, but. Moral Dilemmas. All right. Um, so, you're Sarah Huckab- Huckabee Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go on. Uh, no. I, I, yeah. I, to some what we were just talking about made me think of that. Like, how much can you fault or credit a person for, like, just doing their job? Like, yeah, you're forced to lie, but it's what you're – I don't know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, it's the Christian attorney – Ah, Christian take for this. No, yeah. It's the Christian attorney argument of, is it okay to try to get somebody off for murder? If you know they're guilty, mm-hmm. like if you're their defense attorney and you know, someone is guilty of murder. Is it a sin to try to get them off? Mm-hmm. So I see what you're saying there is, is it, a-
1: it's your, it's your job. It's your duty. You've sworn an oath to, to whatever, innocent until proven guilty. And, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, like, can you be an ethical lawyer and be a defense attorney? Can you, um, and I don't know. yeah, I think, I think we need Jake for this because I have no legal knowledge beyond all the things I've just said, uh, and a lot of law and order SVU. Um, <laughs> Well, and and there, you can never – sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you don't know where the truth lies. Like you're, if your client lies to you and says that they are innocent but they, they actually are guilty, are you in the wrong for defending them?
0: Yeah, like I, there's an argument there that the whole system falls apart if you don't do – if you don't perform due diligence all the time for every case, the whole system will eventually fall apart because um, if you're basing it on whether you, you think they're
1: guilty or not – Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. presumed presumed guilt is the problem. Yeah. yeah,
0: and then what happens if somebody is presumed guilty by everyone but actually is innocent? Then there'd be nobody left to defend them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But in the case of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, first of all, <laughs> excellent eye makeup. Excellent. Um, walk me through this. Like, what are the options here? <laughs> I, I don't even <laughs> want to start well, I mean
1: the options are people the people that think that she should just quit like if if she is knowingly doing something unethical if she is if she is bold faced lying to the American public, she should just quit her job out of a a sense of moral responsibility um but you know if if she believes that she's defending uh conservative values and this you know somebody has to defend this man so that the Republican party has a, uh, a way to move forward. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what the breakdown is. It it depends whether you believe that that Trump is a, a liar or not. Um, and (laughs) then, and, uh, present president Trump, our, our president elected official. um, whom God has ordained in some way, right? We'll, we'll go with that. Romans thirteen. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, what do we? What's our our role and responsibility in that? Knowing, does she know the truth, and is she acting contrary to the truth? And, and I, maybe there's some room for debate there. Although, well, first I think of it's, all, when
0: does the truth mattered to either political party?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying yeah. It doesn't have to. It, we could take Trump out of the equation. We can take this current moment, although it makes it more interesting just because of all the other implications. That was a
0: very Alex Jones statement that I just made. I should have done that in his voice. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a very cons- <laughs> cons- conspiracy-laden statement right there. What does the true matter to any party on American political landscape?
1: So you are the press secretary for George Washington, whose claims that he has never told a lie. Um and yet
0: see <laughs> so you're, you're taking me down a dark path here because not only am i the see the the intersection of my contrarianism and my homeschool upbringing is a very dark place because i i can like go through and make a case against most american presidents that they were just horrible
1: yeah no and that's kind of been the argument like every every older um Christian, I've talked to. Yeah, like you, you bring up like, what about the ethics involved here? Like, what about you know this man's morality? And they're like, if you think that any president in U.S. history is is a is a saint in any way, then you are sadly mistaken.
0: And really, it just leaves me with Calvin Coolidge. Like that's that's like an obscure president that nobody knows anything about. Mm-hmm. And that's the one I can latch on to and say he was okay. He was okay. Yeah. And that satisfies my contrarian urge to be like oh mm-hmm. this guy knows something about calvin coolidge oh okay
1: but what if i told you that calvin coolidge <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no that's that's true
0: so what would you do as sarah Huckabee sanders
1: i mean i want to say i wouldn't take the job in the first place yeah. um but yeah i'm not i don't know because and the other, th- I mean, so in taking ethics and morality out of it all if she succeeds, like if she pulls this off, and I think she is doing a better job than you know Scaramucci or uh, you know who 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 even has been Sean Spicer who's been before. <laughs> I think she's she's pulling it off um, with or without ethics. But if she can if she can weather the Trump presidency and and not be destroyed herself in the process. She will be the most prized political asset of the 21st century. Right. I mean, like uh, it, it is a, a impressive feat.
0: Okay. Well, I see where you're going with this. How about this as a litmus test? Okay. And I'm not saying that like you're hundred percent Republican, you know, you probably like me, you probably kind of a mix of the two depending on the issue. Mm -hmm. Um, but if, if you were 100% Republican, would you feel comfortable with the opposition doing what she's doing?
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that is the litmus test for sure. Um, and I mean, yeah, I, I want to say that regardless of anything, nobody wants to be lied to and, uh, and it's not. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sure that every press secretary, every president has has lied about something. I'm not going to take that off the table. Um, but for the most part, they're better at covering their tracks or making it, you know, whatever the it just it's the the problem with this moment in history is the bold facedness of the lies like this is objectively untrue. And you're looking me in the eye and saying that you have alternative facts like I don't know that that's the that's the difference I guess like okay I don't you know this person's lying to me I assume that they're probably lying about something but it's it's, I can't I can't pin the tail on the donkey I can't look and say okay that that's the lie and that's the truth and um but yeah We, we we watch something happen with our own eyes we hear a statement made with our own ears and then no that didn't happen what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you are wrong. You you misunderstood that situation. Well, I he he never said that. I yeah. do the
0: same thing for fun, sexy Bible time. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. people ask me how many uh, how many listeners or subscribers we have. I say, literally too many to count. Literally, mm-hmm. literally millions. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's it's not a lie because I mean you were homeschooled and. Counting is hard. Hey, how dare, how dare you, sir? <laughs> well, no, you were homeschooled and you had more bigger fish to fry. You had more important things to learn. You were doing
0: like studying history and learning why all of the presidents except Calvin Coolers were horrible.
1: Mm-hmm. Tell me. So you legitimately have like a, a, a not I'm to say obsession, but you have an interest in Calvin Coolidge? Is that a real thing? Or are you just pulling him out of the thin air?
0: No, I like Calvin Coolidge. He, uh, like, tell
1: me some, I, I I think I know literally nothing about the man.
0: Okay. He, uh, he's, why do you admire him? He served one term. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and when it came time for reelection, he said, nope, I'm going home. And they said, what? And he said, you can nominate me. I won't run. So you can vote for me. I won't serve. He said, one term is enough. I'm going home.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's respectable.
0: I mean, how can you not? How can you not? How can you not love that about the man?
1: Mm-hmm. Unless that, he was trying to cover up a giant scandal, and if he <laughs> went for a second term, he would have been exposed.
0: One of my random but, random things about him that I love is he was a he was a vice president, and I'm getting a mind fart here. I can't remember who he was serving under, but the president died. And, uh, so Calvin Coolidge assumed office and, uh, they went like went and found him and, uh, like at his house to tell him that he was now the president and it was like a group of reporters, I think. And I kept, I could be getting some details of this wrong. I'm just shooting from the hip, but, uh, they went and like did an interview with him like in the middle of the night. And so like, you're, sir, you're the president now. And basically he was just like, okay, I'll talk (laughs) to you in the morning and then went back to bed
1: <laughs> I'm gonna tomorrow's gonna be a big day if you're right
0: like a, how can you like th- that dude was so cool to just yeah. know, okay I'm going back to bed
1: lived up to his name Calvin, I mean, Calvin Coolidge like that he could be a, a model or an actor these days we just else, were on that name alone Somebody
0: um, else would, like, stayed up all night long writing speeches and like preparing policy and he was just like no America will be okay
1: I'm going back to bed that is a pretty chill um, so okay, so he man, I this this is my public school education. I have that's that's admirable. Kind of knowing your role, like mm-hmm. that I mean that makes me think have you watched the show uh Designated Survivor? No. I think I it's in season two currently. It's Keith or Sutherland of twenty four fame. Yeah, I, I know um, what the
0: show's about is I just haven't watched
1: it. Yeah, and anyway, it, it's it's an interesting. I mean, it can be cheesy at times, and whatever, whatever. Um, I, I get bored, and I watch a lot of things. So, I've I respect the the fictional, completely made up character that he plays as as being the the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. That is the designated survivor, and every other member of the Congress and the presidency and everything gets killed in a terrorist attack, and he assumes the role and. Is, is actually, is genuinely honest and humble and trying to do the right thing and making good compromises and those kind of things. Um, but then the question is getting to, so he is now serving out the president's term and reelection is coming up and does he, he run again as a proven of character or does he um, step away as I serve my purpose in this time of need? And so you're arguing that the Calvin Coolidge role would be step away in grace. Maybe. I don't know.
0: <laughs> make make for bad ratings, though.
1: Make for bad ratings. Yeah, you got to keep going. He's not, he's not going to step away because we need 10 more seasons. He's got to figure out a way to become dictator by the end of it. Hmm. I love those shows that have, like, they've already screwed themselves. Like, you, you write a show about high school students, and they start as freshmen, so what do you do? Like, do you, do you do the, um, say by the bell or boy meets world and follow them into college? Or do you just start over with a new set of freshmen? Like what happens if you if your premise that is limited, is finite by nature goes past its expiration date. So,
0: yeah, I think Friday night lights did that. Like they started out with the kids as like juniors, but then they realized they had a good show. Yeah, And so they like retcon them into freshmen or something and by the end they were like 30 year old high school seniors
1: yeah they well they did graduate some of them eventually and then followed there were some like college plot lines but then they started over with actual freshmen because then they they realized that the heart and soul of the show was coach and so then coach had a had a whole new team but but yeah I think they they followed um, that that first group longer than they should have like into adulthood right,
0: I'm gonna have to wrap this up I hear my uh, kids screaming in the background so
1: did we answer anything did we did we
0: oh no absolutely not
1: but no episode okay all right <laughs> <laughs> uh wait what there was one more it was one more ethical quandary let's do it let's do a speed round what
0: oh <laughs> uh, what was it um I feel
1: like we're just getting going here
0: oh uh how can I set this up quickly? Um, Oh, now I'm getting a mind fart. I can't even remember what it was. Let me go Mm -hmm. back and look.
1: Oh, somebody, no, a guy, a Christian young man gets a girl knocked up and she is a non-believer. And do you advise marriage or?
0: Yeah, we'll just, we'll tease that one for the next episode. Okay. Okay. A little, (laughs) a little something to think about. So, um if you if a Christian man gets a non Christian woman pregnant and she wants to get married, what does he do? Like is that a sin to become unequally yoked at that point?
1: Yeah, or is it a sin to be a dead be dead?
0: Yeah. <laughs> what, what would you do, Rich Cook?
1: Yeah, um I mean I <laughs> would probably marry her um, just out of whatever duty or responsibility um, and I mean yeah I don't know you take the romance out of it but there I, I do genuinely think that's the right thing to do right? Um, you
0: could not be more wrong.
1: I could not be more wrong
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> which you'll have to wait for the next episode for us to.
1: I would love her as Christ loved the church Matthew is, is what I would do. Oh, you that's a myth. That's, uh, myth.
0: <laughs> Alex of, Jones, how did you get the here? Product of social <laughs> Marxism that has infiltrated the church.